This is episode 13 of Teacher Approved. You're listening to Teacher Approved, the podcast helping educators elevate what matters and simplify the rest. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. We're the creators behind Second Story Window, where we give research-based and teacher-approved strategies that make teaching less stressful and more effective. You can check out the show notes and resources from each episode at secondstorywindow.net. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Let's get to the show. Hey there, thanks for joining us today. In today's episode, we're going to design a summer plan together, and we'll share a teacher-proof tip for end-of-year classroom tidying. We start our episodes with a morning message, just like we used to do at morning meeting in our classrooms. This week's morning message is, would you rather teach on a traditional or year-round schedule? What about you, Heidi? Can I do both? I know. <laughs> Where do we sign up for that? I kind of want my summers and long breaks in the middle of the year. Uh, probably, probably traditional. I think switching gears that much, especially if you have to switch classrooms when you're going off track. Like, oh yeah, the, I don't think I could handle that. The schools that rotate classrooms—that sounds so overwhelming to me. How about you, Emily? What would you prefer? I think I'm a traditional girl too. As much as I would love some breaks throughout the year. There is just something to that long break in the middle that really gives you so much time to just recuperate. Absolutely. Absolutely need that to learn to love teaching again. And we polled our audience and 73% of you voted for traditional, but 27 said year round. And so let's share some of the responses. Jennifer said, traditional. I did year round for two years. And even though there were more breaks, I felt that every break I was getting ready for the next time school was in session. I realized I missed that longer summer break with real downtime. Oh, that would totally be me. I would just be prepping the whole time. Absolutely. Melissa said, I think I'd like year-round. In Florida, summer is too hot and then rains so much that I don't do much. But if I had fall break, I could take a trip up north and see some fall leaves and cool weather. Fall is better than summer. It is true. And I can see that for sure. If where you live summer is a really oppressive <laughs> season, <laughs> then breaks at other times of the year would be a huge relief. Prim said year-round. It allows for continuous learning and breaks between, but no summer, which that is the trade-off there. <laughs> Adrian said traditional 100%. It's fun as a teacher to have breaks throughout the year, but so hard for kids to adjust to leaving and coming back. You have to reteach procedures every time and planning to be done with your units or content so that it aligns with your breaks is tricky. I hadn't even thought about that. No, a whole bunch of work right there. She said, plus, I need a longer break to get ready for the next year. I completely get that. Same, same, Adrian. But Brooke said, year-round was better for my kids and my mental health, getting breaks every nine weeks. Yeah. We need both. <laughs> We've come to the conclusion. We need both. Where do we sign up? We first heard the idea to design your summer from our favorite Gretchen Rubin on her Happier podcast several years ago. Her take on it is that we want summer to have a special feeling to it that's different than our regular lives. So we need to have an intentional plan to do things that will set summer apart from regular life. But as teachers, summer already feels like a completely different life than the one you live the rest of the year. We need different things from our summers than someone who works in retail or an office job might need from their summer. In last week's episode, we discussed how an educator between school years can design their summer with recovery and readiness in mind so that you can start the upcoming school year from a position of strength. So to recap, we identified four types of recovery you may need after a hard school year, 
And to be clear, all years are hard school years. (laughs) So the first type of recovery is relax. And we think this is probably the most important one you should consider giving your attention to. For this type of recovery, ask yourself, what's fun and freeing? What makes you smile, laugh, or feel carefree? Plan things that answer those questions to feel this relaxation. The second type of recovery is refresh. So ask yourself, what makes you feel like you? What makes you feel centered? The third type of recovery is refocus. What keeps you fastened to your foundation? Ask yourself that question. With this type of recovery, consider what makes you feel most like yourself as a human being, not just as a teacher or a parent or whatever other roles you play. And the last type of recovery is recharge. What fills you up? Think about the things you love to do that get you excited and energized and fill up your bucket, so to speak. Recovery is incredibly personal. What lights one person up can be completely draining to another person. So we share these four areas of recovery to help you consider exactly what recovery should look like for you this summer and what plans you can make to help foster that recovery. The second area we discussed last week is how to plan school readiness into your summer schedule so that you're not undoing all of that recovery work by ending up burned out the second week of school. We identified two keys to help with readiness, goals and boundaries. You can't achieve back-to-school readiness without having specific goals about what readiness would look like for you. The first step is to imagine how you want to feel as you head into the new school year, and then identify specific goals you can set for the summer to help you get there. And next, you need boundaries. Setting clear boundaries about when, where, and how you will work on school-related tasks this summer will help you and everyone else in your life know what to expect. And it will help you honor the time you set aside for non-work-related priorities as well, if you know that you have decided when and how you will work on school tasks. In this episode, we're going to discuss what these ideas look like in action. And we're going to do that by designing our own summer plans together. And we have not spent any time discussing this together, or I don't know about Heidi, but I haven't even thought about this So you're going to hang out with us for a spontaneous discussion of these ideas and see how we can each come up with our own summer plans together. Heidi, we're going to start with you. Let's design (laughs) your summer. That feels very ominous. (laughs) You are up first. Okay. How are you feeling going into summer? I'm actually feeling pretty anxious. And I, I don't think I would have identify that if I hadn't known this was going to be one of the questions. So I can already see some benefit from this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. We have a lot of work deadlines coming up. We're not going back to school like normal teachers go back to school. Yes, we want to make that clear. This year, we're not heading back into the classroom. So the readiness we're getting ready for is for creating resources and training to help other teachers. But even though we're not going back to school... We have a lot of back-to-school deadlines, and also somehow, like, my body hasn't figured out that I'm not going back to school, and in August, like, that traditional panic sets in, which is understandable. Every summer since 1984, every August has meant back-to-school, and so it's just, like, habitually kicks off, and then it triggers a flare-up of my autoimmune disease, and then I'm just down for the count for potentially weeks (laughs) for no reason besides just stress. And we don't want that to happen again this year. So we're going to be proactive about your recovery. 
So what would relaxation, what would relax look like for you? What is fun and freeing to you? The fact that I'm leading summer with anxiety probably shouldn't surprise anyone if I say relax is the least natural. But that's the one I have to think the hardest about too. (laughs) That's why I really like Gretchen Rubin's approach where she picks like a theme for the summer and her themes are way more intense than like she did like the summer of Proust and I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. But I like using that idea a couple summers ago, I did the summer of Audrey Hepburn and it was just like fun, kind of whimsical to have this random focus of energy. So I like read a biography about her and her efforts during World War II, which was fascinating and listen to podcasts and watch her movies in order and It was just kind of a fun little project that had no checklists, no priorities. It just was, it was what it was. And then I did the summer of Harry Potter a couple years ago. Last year I did the summer of Sebastian, which was a whole thing reading novels where (laughs) the main character is called Sebastian. (laughs) Because I just, I really do need something light and whimsical to balance out all of the deadlines and pressure of the back to school time that we we go into in the summer. But I can't come up with anything for this summer. I, I'm leaning toward the summer of organization because I need it, because I live in my office and I live in my classroom, because both of those things are my house. <laughs> and we taught preschool here up until the pandemic. So, and then we just kind of left things up in the air. So everything was set up yeah. still from the day that the kids went home and didn't come back. And we didn't even know that day they weren't coming back. I'm sure you all know how that went. So I just have never really addressed it. So I've got piles of work stuff, piles of preschool stuff. I'm tired of living in piles. Yes. So I do need the organization, but I'm afraid that's going to turn into another checklist. I feel like you can't count that for relaxation. Okay. That has to be for, I think you could maybe have that as part of your readiness or maybe a different area of recovery, but I think that doesn't count for for relaxation. Well, maybe I could like spin it out and be like organizing get-togethers with people or (laughs) okay but then that falls into like i have to make you know i have to pin down plans and then you know how that's gonna go like 100 percent, we can we can all predict how well that's going to turn out so So i I think you need something that is more freeing okay i don't have anything off the top of my head but i'm gonna keep a pin on it if you guys have any ideas of like the summer of of something yeah just Something that I can't turn into a pass or fail activity. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So then the next area is refresh. What makes you feel like you? What are you going to do to refresh? One thing I realized as we were having this discussion the past two weeks is that something that makes me feel like me is having meals in my freezer, which is so random. (laughs) But as someone who doesn't like to cook, and neither do I. Yeah, it just, it is so key to my life to just have like, Meals in the fridge that I can just pull out. And I know I have the luxury of not having to cook for anyone else. (laughs) So, like, I can make it easy and just cook. Like, if I make a big casserole and I freeze it, that I can eat that for a week. But I have never done that in the summer. I'm usually pretty good about doing that around Christmas time. Because, again, that time of stress tends to trigger my autoimmune disease. So I just try and do what I can to mitigate that stress. And I think I need that same focus around summer stress. I just have never paid attention to that. So I need some freezer meals. So yesterday I did, I cooked a big batch of soup, which doesn't sound like a great summer recipe, but it freezes well. So I I have one, I have one stash of meals. (laughs) Okay. So are you going to make a plan for doing some more freezer cooking? 
Yes, I've got ingredients to make two more. I'm trying to jump on it this weekend while the temperature's still cool because it's supposed to be like pushing 90 by next weekend. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) So trying to do that well, you know, you know how it is to heat up the house. Yes. When it's that hot. So trying to get those done. So that would give me quite a few meals. And then maybe if I can just add like a meal or two in every few weeks, I can get enough servings out of it that I can, I can stretch it for a while. That's a good plan. That's good. Okay, so refocus is next. What keeps you fastened to your foundation? What are you going to do that feels like a refocused recovery? I really like taking time in the morning before work and having like a little time for study. So I read a professional development book and I read like a church book and then I read my scriptures. But I find that if I'm feeling any work pressure at all, like that just immediately gets cut because it's like, I just don't have time. When I'm my own boss, I can do what I want. But it just feels so frivolous to spend time doing those things when I have, you know, work demands that require attention. But I feel so much more like a human when I do take that time in. So I'm setting the intention that I'm going to give myself permission to just have that study time in the morning. Because logically, I know I A, have all the time I need and B, taking time to like study for 30 or 40 minutes isn't going to make or break anything. Right. Like I'm lying to myself when I say that, when I'm feeling that pressure. And I I know that is just hard to recognize when you're feeling stressed. And also maybe if you set up like a don't break the chain or something, it will make it more like you're fulfilling a goal by doing this every day. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm I'm pretty good about like, I had a good run. I can't stop that now. So yes. I'm actually pretty good about that. So that's a good idea. Thank you. Okay. Lastly, recharge. What fills you up? I actually really like what we do for our job. (laughs) Yes, we're lucky in that way. (laughs) But I think I need to take on a project maybe outside of what we're normally doing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So something that's not so, okay, we're about to step into doing the fourth grade morning work. And I know it's going to be a huge project and it's going to take a lot of mental energy to be able to pull this together. So I think maybe I need a side project that doesn't have a deadline that is maybe really outside of what we normally do just to pivot a little bit so I can feel more creative and more just enjoy the process of making things instead of meeting demands. And you tried that already before once. And did you feel like that helped you recharge when you were doing that with those place value practice pages? I did. I mean, (laughs) who talks place value for fun? But it was actually quite enjoyable. But then I did have the problem of it, like it became an, an issue where it was pulling too much focus from the third grade morning work that had to get done. And so I got way behind on that. Although the problem with the place value, now that I'm thinking about it, is that we did have a deadline on that. Oh, that's true. We were including it in a promotion. So we did need to have those done. But if you were doing something new that we didn't have plans for it, the place value started out as just you were doing it for fun. But then once you got into it, and we had this opportunity come up, it did include a deadline that was not originally part of your plan. Yes, I think that's I think that's where it got off track, which is good to recognize. So I'm going to try and pick something maybe just a little bit out of left field from what we normally do so I can just enjoy the creative process of it without the pressure of having it done. Okay, great. Okay, so moving on from recovery, let's talk about readiness. How do you want to feel in August when you are ending the summer, heading into the fall? How do you want to feel? I really want to feel like we are in a good position with everything that we've got going on that Maybe things aren't necessarily done, but we've made a head start and we've got maybe a little bit of a cushion 
in case I do trigger my autoimmune flare up that if I need to rest for a little bit in September, I can. And ideally, the plan that we're making here will help avoid that flare up, but it's good to plan ahead just in case it does happen so that you will be prepared to give yourself some space. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to end up more behind trying to recover. Right. And you'll you'll be able to recover better knowing you gave yourself a good head start. Yeah. So what are the specific goals for you this summer that you want to achieve for work? So I think the biggest pressure I'm feeling is to have the morning work for fourth grade, at least got a really good start on it so that teachers have enough to start the school year. And I have that cushion if I need it. Ideally, like the first term, it would be awesome to have that totally done. And I think I can do it, but it's real easy to say that in May. Yes. <laughs> but I think I can do it. I think I can do it. I'm going to think positively. Yes, I believe in you. So what boundaries should you set around work this summer? I think having the permission to take the morning to just start the way I want with, you know, some study and reflection, maybe even journal, which whoa, I know <laughs> seems nuts, but <laughs> I think that will help a lot because it helps me just kind of get in the right framework and it helps me just silence the voice that's just always telling me that I'm not doing enough, I need to be doing more, that we're running out of time. That if I can set the boundary around protecting that morning time, I'll have a healthier time when I am working. And because this is our job, obviously I'm working on this every day, so... It's not like, you know, when I was teaching, I might be like, well, I'm only going to work two days a week. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That doesn't work. But I think just trying to go into it with a healthier mindset is a really important boundary to hold. Great. So do you feel like we designed your summer? I think so. I need to maybe dial in to relax a little more. Yes, I uh, completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stretch. But I think we need an update next time we record on what you've decided to do for relaxation. It'll be good to be held accountable. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Emily interrupting this episode to invite you to join us for our free Design Your Summer Challenge. This challenge will help you identify what you need for recovery this summer and make a plan for back-to-school readiness. You can sign up now at secondstorywindow.net slash designyoursummer. We hope you'll join us. Hey guys, Heidi here. Our conversation ended up going a little longer than we'd anticipated, so we're going to end it here for this week. And we hope that you will join us next week where we pick up the rest of the conversation and help Emily design her summer. Now let's talk about this week's teacher-approved tip. Each week we leave you with a small, actionable tip that you can apply in your classroom today. This week's teacher-approved tip is have students help at the end of your cleanup. So as you're making your list of everything you need to do at the end of the year, kind of just note things that maybe the kids could help you with. And then on one of the last, I always did it on one of the last afternoons that weren't interrupted by field day or performances or whatever, I just make a list on the board, like taking the labels off the coat hooks, cleaning all the whiteboards, checking all the dry erase markers, you know, all of those tedious stuff. Kids can do it and put on some music and just make it a party. Kids have a great time with that. And I tried to make sure to assign kids strategically to tasks. So maybe my more detail-focused kids got tasks that needed some more thought. And then my less detailed-focused kids, you know, the ones I'm talking about, got tasks that weren't so demanding. One thing that I found super helpful for maybe some of those kids is to put unifix cubes like colors in groups of 10. And it actually does help to have all that done, but it also ate up a big chunk of time. 
It's a win-win. To wrap up the show, we're sharing what we're giving extra credit to this week. Heidi, what are you giving extra credit to? I am giving extra credit to the TMJ exercises on Healthline.com <laughs> that I stumbled on last summer in the middle of my stress breakdown because I'm a jaw cleanser and it causes a lot of pain. And so I found these exercises, these nine TMJ exercises that actually do such a good job to help relieve the pain. I was actually doing it the other night thinking about all this back to school stuff. I started to like melt down a little bit and you know, the jaw goes. And so I was trying to go to sleep, couldn't sleep, was up at 2.30, did these exercises and they just solved the problem. So if you are also a jaw clincher, the healthline.com TMG exercises have been a lifesaver. We'll put the link in the show notes. And how about you, Emily? I'm giving extra credit to StoryWorth. This just reminded me when we're coming up on Father's Day. StoryWorth is a service that you can sign up for, and it will send you or a relative a weekly prompt to record a memory or a story about their lives. And then after a year, you can compile the stories into a book and add pictures to it and get it printed and delivered. So we did this for our dad a couple of years ago, and the book we got back was just so amazing. I think we gave it to him for Father's Day last year, so I think that's why it's sticking in my head. (laughs) And it was really great to read many stories from our dad's life that we'd never heard before. We thought we'd heard them all, but there were new ones we'd never heard before. This would be a really great gift for Father's Day or any upcoming holiday or birthday. And it kind of feels like a double gift because you give them the subscription, and then a year later you get to give them this amazing book too. It really is a treasure. And that's it for today's episode. Get to work designing your summer with recovery and readiness in mind. And don't forget today's teacher-approved tip to have students help you tidy the classroom at the end of the year. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating and review in your podcast app. See you next week. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Approved. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your podcast apps so that you never miss an episode. You can connect with us and other teachers in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. We'll see you here next week. Bye for now. Bye.